0: Live.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Mrs. Cardiology, where Mrs. Cardiology herself, Cinda Pantek, gives you heart tips, not tricks, to help you live a longer and a more abundant and productive, <coughs> healthy life and with quality of life. Um, she is giving you the information that she's gleaned from the fireside chats with her husband, and also being a caregiver to a father with congestive heart failure and a uh, an adult uh, child, uh, severely handicapped child. So she has been there, done that, got the T-shirt, and took the picture. Here she is right now, Mrs. Cardiology herself, Sunita
0: Pandit. Took the picture? I haven't heard that yet, but I know But have the T-shirt. I have ten of them.
1: <laughs> you have a lot of T-shirts. Believe me, for all the hats you wear with the T-shirts to go with them.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So thanks for that introduction, Joanne. You always do a a fabulous job. And um, this week we're continuing our spread of the good news about fermented foods. And for those of you that do not know uh, much about it, we're trying to educate you on the good and the bad and the... Not so ugly, because when you think about fermented, you think, ooh, it's gone bad, and that's not always the case.
1: Yeah, sometimes that's true. But you know what we should do is we should relate this back to cardiology and and how it uh, affects your heart, which handles all the other systems in your
0: body. Well, the way I look at it, it's very simple. Fermented foods affect your belly. Your belly has to stay in control, otherwise you leak bacteria out into the rest of your systems and you end up with problems because there's new research showing that gut bacteria was found in arteries in the plaque, in the cholesterol that builds up in your arteries. And they are now trying to figure out how the heck bacteria from the gut ended up in your arteries. And they're suspecting that blockages are caused by this phenomenon of bacteria clinging to your cholesterol and making it gooey and that 's smooth flowing, and that 's what causes all the buildup so when you're in the vernacular
1: it, in vernacular, you have to poop to get the junk out of your system, or nothing else is going to be healthy, including your heart.
0: well, not only that, but you want your belly to be healthy so it doesn 't leak any bacteria out, and so you have to have a healthy bacteria sitting in your belly to start with and there is a lot of uh, imbalances going on in the diets we experience throughout the world right now. And if you really consider what these recent findings are showing with the leaky gut syndrome, as they call it, we're imbalanced, period. That's what's causing all the health issues that we have. And one of the first steps that is easily addressed is to healthy, get healthy bacteria in your belly. And the traditional way that we know of in this country that, you hear about advertised and everybody and their monkeys, uncle and their mother and their grandmother and their great uncles and all everybody tells you you gotta eat yogurt. Yogurt is probably would you say it's the number one fermented food in the world pretty much?
1: I I I think it's the most well known.
0: Yes, yeah, the, the most, most because, well known
1: and it's because, what is the, and it's one one because the commercial I think the commercial world has latched onto it. However, well, there are many others out there.
0: Right, there's uh, a whole lot of others. The only just, comments I have in about research, yogurt. We discovered
1: about 200 ethnic foods.
0: have oh, been around lots of some of them yeah. for
1: centuries.
0: Right. And but dude, different let, different let me just make sure. a concluding mark about yogurt. Um, when I talk about eating yogurt, I'm not talking about reaching into the refrigerator for that little container of less than a cup that's got a gazillion calories because it's been loaded with fruits and sugar.
1: I know it only has 80, but the truth of the matter is look at the sugar content. It's the second thing on it.
0: Yeah, the it's the sugar content that kills it. You want healthy bacteria from yogurt or what they call probiotics, but it's that yogurt has to be plain. It cannot be flavored. If you want to put fresh blueberries or fresh fruit on top, yes, but don't buy the stuff that already has fruits in it that's not going to help you with the probiotic levels
1: if you want to antagonize Sunita and I um have a have a continental breakfast and put flavored yogurt out and no plain yogurt
0: <laughs> <laughs> especially low fat i
1: have i've had i've had sunita i've never thought about sunita go and say hey uh, <laughs> hey uh listen um do you have a plain yogurt? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one waiter said, "Why would you want it?" <laughs>
0: That's because he uh, hasn't listened to his grandma's. Why he asked that? Absolutely right. So anyway, today we are talking about fermented foods, um, and my my chief research scientist here, Joanne, decided that we're going to talk about Indian fermented foods. Um, she found uh, a professor.
1: Number one authority in the world on fermented foods.
0: Yeah, he's got a book that costs, what, 160 bucks? Oh, yeah. I didn't know if people still sold books at that level.
1: <laughs> and well worth it, probably, because oh, they, the experts he has online are amazing.
0: Right, and he's got a whole... Um, he has a website where you can start collecting books on fermented foods. And um, let, let's just review a little bit about fermented foods. You know, they're part of the human diet. And when we say foods, it's not just foods. There's beverages that are fermented also. Uh, there's When you look at the daily intake, and we complain about not getting enough, I think probably the United States sits there with 5% of daily intake, and then there's some people with zero. Um, it all depends on your diet, of course. And then there's a substantial amount as high as 40%, depending on what part of the world you're in. And also, it all depends on where you live as to, and as to what raw materials, whether it's plant or animal sources, that determines what kind of food or drink uh, that people are producing that are fermented. And one of the ways that you ferment foods is by having what they call a starter. And every time I think of starter, you know what that reminds me of, Joanne? Do mm. you remember back in the 80s, we used to do fruit cake with the starter? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you remember that
0: big jar, glass jar that you'd, you'd keep on adding sugar to it and sugar to it, and it would be bubbling and bubbling and bubbling?
1: Yeah, I was not a free cake fan, but yeah, that's right. My my, my Oh, my, my God. I remember
0: doing that one time. I was like, oh, my God, I'll never do this again. <laughs> you have to keep the starter, and it would, it would be kind of aromatic that my husband would walk in and say, what the heck is that? <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> we should pack, mention. Though, you know? We should mention, though, that the professor is, uh, and you should mention his name and what university he's from. He's written extensively on this.
0: subject. Oh, absolutely. But there's there's a term that we found that I thought was pretty cool that I had, I had not been exposed to this before. But when when we talk about, um, We have to credit
1: the professor first before most of this information is coming from him. So could we do that? So oh I sure. Can
0: be, okay. Not so he just. About it His name is Professor Jyoti Prakash Damang. That's how we would pronounce it. He's from Sikkim Central University. He's a a foremost expert on fermented foods of the world. He focuses on food culture, microbiology, nutrition, and functional properties. He teaches microbiology in Sikkim Central University in India, and he was a fellow at the United Nations University and did postdoc research at the National Food Research Institute in Japan. He's authored two books, Himalayan Fermented Foods, Microbiology, Nutrition and Ethnic Values, and Fermented Foods and Beverages of the World. Now, he is promoting going back to basics and get taking on fermented foods made at home because commercially produced you're not sure you're going to get the cultures to stay alive which is what your um that's what your body needs and i know you're really excited because the indian uh, food idli made it on this list
1: <laughs>
0: he um when my mother was traveling in india one year with my dad she got very very sick in southern india and i mean she was she got montezuma's revenge and pennsylvania's quick quick step all in one which means both throwing up and running to the bathroom too often. And so the hotel concierge called on the doctor who came to see her. He says, oh, just eat idli until you get better. And she said, what? He said, don't eat the sambat or anything spicy with it or anything else. Just eat plain idlis all day long, 24 hours, you'll be fine. I never knew that idli was such a such a great food to have.
1: That's I always thought it was a treat. One of the number one, any because you put all kinds of stuff on it to make it, you know, because it's, it's it's a little, ice delicious, but it's a little bit on the bland side, and then most people pour all kinds of chutney and different things on top of it, right? Make it,
0: right, right. And um, it. I like it
1: plain myself.
0: Well, it can be eaten plain and, and um, just with just a little butter if you want, or just straight up with no no added anything, or you can. When you make it, when you make it, and you're, it's it's a steamed dumpling basically. Um, you can add stuff right to the to the batter so that it cooks right, steams right into it. So you don't have to have anything on top. So we've done it that way also. But idli is made with uridal, um, dal, which is a is that called a lentil or a legume? I always get them mixed up.
1: A lentil, but lentils are legumes. I
0: think. Is that right? Okay.
1: Believe so.
0: Um. The they mix the, the proportion changes and we'll get recipes for you but it's a mix of rice and urad um, dal which is a white whitish colored dal when you when it's split and cleaned you soak it separately overnight just to soften it and then you grind it in a in a special grinder uh, with a touch of salt and and um, Greek seeds. And then you mix the two batters together. It's not real fine paste like a dosa; so it's a little gritty. And then when you let you set it in a closed-in place without draft of any sort, and you put it into a pot that's four times the size of what you start with because it will quadruple in size.
1: Ben, sure. You know, uh, according to the Mayo Clinic, legumes is a class of vegetable that includes green beans, peas, and lentils. And they're among the most versatile, nutritious foods available. Gleams are typically low in fat, contain no cholesterol, and are high in folate, potassium, iron, and magnesium. They also contain beneficial fats and soluble and insoluble fiber. So when you're eating italy, it looks like a starch.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's not.
1: But it's not. And it's pretty low in carbohydrates, actually, too.
0: Well, it's, it's the, it goes back to that uh, statement we made a few shows ago that when you mix rice with any kind of lentil, uh, the amount of protein you get, your body's able to absorb goes up because you're mixing the two together. You're not eating them separately. Um, okay, so where were we were talking about Professor Damang. so he um, there's a there's a definition of fermented foods and beverages that he gives that I want to share with our audience. Ethnic fermented foods are defined as foods produced by ethnic people using their native knowledge from locally available raw materials of plant or animal sources, either naturally or by adding starter cultures, containing functional microorganisms which modify substrates substrates biochemically and
1: organoleptically.
0: organoleptically into edible products that are culturally and socially acceptable to consumers. All that means is that forget about this culture and microorganisms just say just realize that people for through the ages have found ways to make foods palatable for our bodies to absorb and that means that you can't eat the raw lentil you have to cook it right and sometimes even that is hard on the belly so when you ferment it it eases the digestive process of it and it balances your bacteria in your belly so that's why it's good for you
1: Yeah, and you're fermented so you won't get, you could eat fermented legumes and not get gas from them.
0: Yeah, that's the main thing. The beans that you you eat, um, so many people know about Mexican food and the beans give you gas. Well, those beans are not fermented, they're just cooked so that you can chew them and eat them.
1: I know one thing that you can have lentils all day long at Sunita's home that Sunita or her mother, mother, Saroj, cooks. And you won't come with a gas because uh, most of that, and we're going to talk about this, I've been eating this food at Sanitas and didn't realize that this stuff was fermented food. Couldn't figure why it was so good for your stomach.
0: Despite oh, I all it was the it fermented, hot but I didn't realize how good it was. Yeah. Because we go through that process at home of, of creating the dough to make the idlis and the dosa. By the way, dosa is a flat crepe-like dish that is not sweet. It's a savory because it's a little bit on the tart side. The, tart, the more tart you end up with that dough coming out, the better it tastes. Um, also, Professor Tamangt shares with us that perishable and seasonal leafy vegetables, radish, cucumbers, including young edible tender bamboo shoots, are traditionally fed, fermented into edible products using indigenous knowledge of biopreservation. The knowledge of the art of pickling vegetables, which is basically fermentation, might have been developed in Asia. Soybeans are the most common among legumes used for fermentation of soybean foods in the Southeast, Far Asia, and the Himalayan regions of India, Nepal, and Bhutan. Cooked rice is a staple food in Asia. Wheat and barley are also important staple diets in the Indian subcontinent and in Western and Middle Eastern Asia. Production of ethnic fermented cereal products is mostly restricted to the Indian subcontinent. Yeah, we're the experts. Comparable to the African-European dietary cultures, Asia has a limited number of ethnic, non-alcoholic fermented cereal products. Cereals are commonly fermented into several ethnic alcoholic drinks in Asia. Tea, the second most popular beverage in the world after water, originated in China, and two common species of tea are camellia, Sinesis, and Sinesis Asamika Although normal black tea is drunk everywhere, some ethnic Asian communities have special fermented teas. You really like them apples?
1: What I'm talking about. I'm going to look for them when I go down to the tea store. That's uh, I. I,
0: one I one don't mess with my tea. I like my all. nice Indian mix with the spices and the hot milk, and I'm happy. I don't want to be. Uh, I'm not going to drink fermented tea that's just me personally you don't know
1: well i'll try it and i'll bring you some and see if you like it you might decide that you like it you,
0: know? you might have to pinch my nose to drink it okay i cannot drink iced tea joe because I, I when i was young people offered me iced tea all the time and i look I'm like you want me to drink that cold <laughs> it's like going against your whole body's religion okay
1: like my mother, my mother would drink hot coffee in the middle of summer with a sweat when we were air conditioning with a sweat pouring on her face and she didn't care. She always had a pot of coffee brewing.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: never she never started making iced tea until until I was in high school. And I think one of the kids that uh, uh, was in my class came and said, well, Mrs. Veronica, you should make some iced tea. And she said, What's that?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you're used to something or haven't been exposed to Well, I can't it,
1: drink. So. I, I, I used to be a coffee lover, but I could never drink iced coffee. I thought iced coffee was an atrocity.
0: <laughs> so I
1: get it. Yeah. I now get
0: it. now you, get, you get stuff called iced coffee, and it's got how many chemicals in it?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, well my no, nephew true. makes black iced coffee, drinks black iced coffee. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, my idea of iced coffee is it's got lots of all kinds of flavors in it, and then maybe it's palatable. But he drinks black iced
0: coffee.
1: You know, different people have different tastes. So the next thing, I was fascinated by this. How do you say it? A-pum?
0: A-pum. Okay. A-pum is a type of pancake. It's made from fermented rice batter and coconut milk. Mm And this is very South Indian. We don't do that. We're from Central India. Um, it's common in the state of Kerala. Kerala is famous for its um, the fact that 98% of the people are educated. They go to school. And they are famous for their um, massage spa techniques. Oh. Um, it's also popular in the states of Tamil Nadu and in the country of Sri Lanka. It's eaten mostly for breakfast or dinner. And appam, um, if I remember correctly, it has a special uh, iron skillet shaped to create these little dumplings. So you just pour the batter in that and just put it on the stove with like that. So it's not steamed like in Italy is, but it's cooked in a in a in an iron skillet that's shaped. It's forged just to give you that particular shape. Uh, the coconut milk, of course, has its own good properties and, and adds to the oomph of it. Man, that makes me feel like I should learn how to make it. You know what I mean?
1: I think you should because it sounds good and I would love to taste it. We'll let you try it first. There you go. Or we can or we can let Tamar, Tamar up there in uh, New Hampshire, uh, who's on the line, figure out how to make
0: it. And yeah, Tamar, you know, we'll let us send better. you on a shopping trip to the Indian store. Well, they have them here. Ah, oh, well then what we can do is do a remote shopping trip. You go and I'll be I'll be on the phone with you or maybe we'll do FaceTime so I can see what you're looking at and <laughs> Or to mark and do a periscope. Yeah, but then I can't be talking to her at the same time. She can't read in that little <laughs> rainy <laughs> <throat> It's a little tough. Well, but you. anyway, we'll sure, um, <laughs> the technology
1: we can do that with. Yeah, we'll we'll
0: figure gonna... it out tomorrow. Oh, we'll we'll do that. I'm yes. sure. And um there's another um item from india called now i'm not familiar with this word because i didn't grow up with it i grew up with the word thak. This there's other... you're talking
1: about chach
0: chas yes chach
1: the yogurt based
0: drink the, the yogurt based drink and you know the, the 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 classification in the literature may say that it's not really a buttermilk but we call it, we consider it buttermilk um What's, uh, tell me something here, Joanne. Yeah. How do you make buttermilk in the Western culture?
1: Well, I don't buy buttermilk. My mother used to buy it all the time because she made a lot of um, um, cobblers, and she used buttermilk in them, and she made a lot of pastries that required buttermilk. Uh, but, and, but She always had it in the refrigerator. My father used to love to put, I mean, that's why he lived so long, he would love to put black pepper in buttermilk and drink it. I thought, oh, God, how can I But
0: you do know that? you know how it's made?
1: Yeah, I uh, no, I make it by just taking regular milk and putting uh, vinegar in it, and letting it sit for a while.
0: That's buttermilk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, that's what I substitute Indian. in my baking for buttermilk. I don't know. How about you tomorrow? Do you use buttermilk or do you? She makes a lot of stuff. She bakes a lot. Do, do you ever make
0: buttermilk tomorrow? I've never made buttermilk. I make sour milk a lot. Um, okay, but but I never so it sounds more like when you're talking about, joining the sour milk. Mm-hmm. To me, the, the way we make buttermilk is that we take, um, it, traditionally in India you wouldn't get all the different products that, uh, that are a byproduct of milk. Uh, you could purchase them, but they were more expensive to purchase than to make yourself. So mom would traditionally get the freshly milked cow milk, or buffalo milk rather. She would promptly put it on the stove to boil it, to pasteurize it then the skim on top she would save and save and save until she would have a pot full and she would take the good old churner. Um, I'm not sure if those things are still available here, but it's a little long stick with this round thing at the end of it with ridges in it so that when you twist it, you're churning, you're twisting your... We know what that is,
1: don't we, Tamar? (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know what a churner is. I used to use it with my grandmother. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay, so... We would then. She then would add cold water to the cream, and churn it until she got the butter sitting on top, and the 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 liquid below was called buttermilk. That's hmm. how we make buttermilk.
1: Well, that's probably the way. But but um, but to, in order to substitute, when I substitute in baking, I just put a little vinegar in the in the milk and call it buttermilk, and the, the baking baking tastes just as good as if I. Well, no, to that's sour buttermilk.
0: milk. That's milk that's been soured with vinegar. That's not buttermilk. Buttermilk literally is that you're getting butter at the top and the milk at the bottom that's left behind that's mixed with the water, that's buttermilk because you have extracted oh okay. butter from it. And then the um what the the way to make chaat is to add a hey come on, we're Indians, we've got to add spice to it. So some people call add chaat masala, we add asafoetida, curry leaves actually you can um, just make it straight raw or you can actually make it where you heat up a little ghee or oil and add all that stuff to it so it browns in there you know roasts in there and then add it to it but basically it's ginger grated ginger fresh chopped chilies fresh chopped coriander leaves you know cilantro leaves and cumin salt sugar to taste you now have
1: do
0: you that on a yogurt? nice hot you day. Use yogurt to make it. Uh, you could. In a in a pinch, since we don't do this uh, traditional way of getting cream and everything out of it, we'll take like we've been making a yogurt at home. And after you break the yogurt, you'll if you've ever noticed a c- container of yogurt once you've broken it, the whey separates very nicely, and it you've got all this liquid swishing around, and there's this yogurt. So what we do is just add a little water to it and churn it, and it turns into a nice thick. Buttermilk, not low not watery like the traditional way it is. Oh, okay. And but all that all those spices and and you know, the ginger and the curry leaves just enhances the flavor and it's a nice cool drink to have in the summertime. Great. Great. So
1: this next one I'm really interested in, this is this d- dokla? Dokla? Dokla?
0: dokla. It's uh, it's from a state north of my state. I'm from Maharashtra where Mumbai is and there's a a state north called Gujarat and that's where the Prime Minister of India is from. And they are the uh, premier state for Indian junk food, I call it. Meaning if you want a snack, you reach for Gujarati snacks because they're usually really tasty. They're not kickback spice-wise, etc. So they tend to uh, be palatable to the American flavor too. And dhokala, man, I wish I could make it very well, but a perfect dhokala is steamed and they usually take rice and split chickpeas and um, they let it soak overnight and they grind it into a, for a paste that they ferment and they add spices to it, including uh chili pepper, coriander ginger, and baking soda. It's a yellowish color, and when you take that batter and you put it into a f uh like a plate with a with a one inch lip to it, and then you steam it in a pressure cooker and it comes out and it's doubled in size and it's so it's real light and airy it's almost <laughs> the texture. It's almost like eating an a spicy angel food cake,
1: oh, that sounds good. Can you make it?
0: Me No, no, I've never ventured into that world. Um, Mom used to make it when she was younger, but she would be frustrated because she never could perfect the 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 uh. amount correctly to make it so fluffy that it you know it looks like an angel cake. So maybe I'll have to dig up one of my guju friends and say, okay, I want to learn how to do this. Come on over and let's record See, this. It's
1: got mustard seeds and asafoetida, mm-hmm. chopped chilies. Sounds good.
0: All the heart-healthy spices are in there.
1: And you serve it with chutney and deep-fried yep. chilies. Well, I'm not going to do the chilies, but I could do well, with the with chutney. Well,
0: it's always with green chilies that, that are uh, pan-fried with uh, spices. Then they just sizz- They make it sizzle on top is what they do. You know how you get the food in a sizzler plate? It's all like zzz, and it's steaming and all of that. You get that same sound effect when you take this hot chilies that have been fried in a little oil, and you pour it on top of it. It makes the toga sizzle. But I'm telling you, it is one of the best tasting. Uh, they consider it a snack food. They consider it an appetizer. I could eat that as a whole meal, but it's not very balanced to do that. Mm-hmm. Sounds
1: good. you to learn how to make it. I can't I even... Oh, that's,
0: that's on my list to do. Okay.
1: Okay. Now the next one's my favorite, dosa.
0: That's my favorite. Do you know dosa is a team effort in our house? No. Mom is the expert at making the batter, and I'm the expert at making the dosa. Ah, oh, I
1: didn't
0: know that. So in India, there are restaurants that will give you what they call a paper-thin dosa. I mean, it's it crackles because it's so thin and crispy. Okay, it's real... Um, it's just, it's as just thin as a crepe. And there are certain restaurants where you order one paper dosa and you make sure you brought 10 of your friends with you to eat it because that's how big they make it. If you can imagine a crispy crepe rolled up with potatoes in the middle, with the with the, uh, spices with it, of course, and they've rolled it up, and it's probably to feet 10, it's probably about 6 feet long.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: So when you go in, they got these long tables, and you order one dosa <laughs> for you and your friends, and you just dig in. And it's not, I well, you know, we're, we're oh, picky that's... about our, our fingers and sharing and all that, so they'll just cut off a piece and put it into their individual plate and eat it. But it's the whole novelty of being in a restaurant where you're eating this big-ass long dosa. I, mean, I remember anything.
1: you taking me to a restaurant in Monroeville, and I ordered it because I thought it was so great. I was so embarrassed because it came out and it was huge.
0: Yeah, I mean it's huge.
1: Huge. And, and and you were all giggling and laughing at me. <laughs>
0: like, Sorry. you know, uh okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was just fun to you. see. I mean we weren't <laughs> laughing at you, we were laughing with you because every all Indians just get excited over that thing. I mean, we were there a couple weeks ago at the South Indian restaurants and we were so hungry, so hungry that we everybody was ordering these dosas, and I kept on saying, "Don't order one for yourself; it's going to be too big, too big, too <laughs> big." So they finally listened, and you know, they sh- we ended up sharing the food. But yeah, it's huge. And if you think they make that huge, you should see how they make their chole bature. Chole is chickpeas spiced up, and bhatura is a big puri. I mean, it is. That's huge.
1: That's the one that pops up real big.
0: Yeah, the one that that's fried and puffs up. Well, you know when I make it, it's maybe the largest I make is my pot is my hand size, maybe four inches across. That the when they make it and they bring it out, you can't see the waiter because he's hiding behind the big puri.
1: I know. I went with somebody else to that. I went to with Manakshi, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and and she uh, Manakshi Kapoor, and she took me there, and I ordered one of those, and again I was embarrassed because it came out, it was like. I couldn't see the people on the other side of the table Was so
0: yeah, yeah, it is it is huge. It's it's Sachin's favorite when he goes there. He won't eat dosa made by anybody else but mom or me. And even here at home he the he's got his pick- pickiness. He wants me to make it, not mom.
1: So these fermented foods are only tasty and good for you, but they can be fun.
0: Yeah. How about that? It doesn't have to be sour like a pickle. It can be tasty like a dosa or an idli. And the funny thing is that you know we've been we've been talking and talking about idli. Idli can be as spicy as you want it because you just add chutney on top or you add take the lentil soup with it or you put the chilies and onions right in there with the dough. Or you make it just plain and simple so kids can eat it.
1: I like it idli with ch- chole.
0: No, you don't eat idli with chole. Well, that's okay. not a combination that's I'm normal American. to go in. <laughs> That's not authentic, Joanne.
1: Well, you know, <laughs> no, you're supposed. Do you know
0: my my girlfriend? Um, one year when I was visiting in India, she had had me over, and I was like, "It's just me. Why did you cook enough food for 10? Her chef got her cook living cook went crazy because her friend from America was visiting. But they had a a, a mold for Italy. Okay, so, so, so just imagine Italy being round, about three inches wide. And it just looks like a, like a dumpling. It's it's just round, nicely shaped round, and it's.
1: I'm used to uh, little oh, tiny ones, like.
0: Okay, well, they make they they have this, um, I want a mold for it. So it's a stand. You can make like twelve of them at one time in the in the in the pressure cooker. You don't put the pressure on. You just let it uh, steam. But anyway, so her her chef had made idlis, and I'm just I was just flabbergasted. I sit, sat there and said, okay, how'd you do that? She goes, what? I said, these are baby idlis. She goes, yeah, there's a stand for it. I said, yeah, but I've seen baby idlis. I've made baby idlis, but I've never seen them scooped out. So there's a little dip in it so that you can put the chutney right in it. And you can pick it up and not have a mess. It just goes into your mouth. She goes, oh, it's a special stand. And what was really funky is that you get this little dumpling come out, pops out, and it's already preformed with a little cup in the middle so you can put the chutney right there. Oh, and cool. I never could find that stand to purchase one to bring home. Oh, my. So I'm, re- I'm ready to tamper my, my stand and, and fix it so I can do the same here. Well,
1: somebody might know how to, know for, know how to get that. I've got to
0: find a good forging location that works with metal and say, here, can you produce this? <laughs> I have a buddy who used to coach my son's soccer matches. I mean, he was a soccer coach years ago. i got to see. He has a forge, and I'm going to go to him and say, okay, can we make this here? Anyway, yeah. we digress. The
1: next one um, is one of my favorite Indian drinks, but I have always thought it's loaded with calories, so I watch how much of, drink, of it I drink. Well, if
0: you're going to get mango lassi, of course it's loaded with calories. You've added sugar to it. If you get straight lassi, and you tell them you want it without sugar, they'll make you straight lassi.
1: Mm. So it's made with yogurt and mango pulp.
0: Yep. Yep,
1: yep, yep, yep. All I say is with or without additional sugar
0: that's it you want how how much do you want to doctor it up is the question
1: Uh and
0: then um also with dosa comes you know we were talking about going on and on and about how it's paper thin you can make it thicker also the same dough can be made into um what what we call uttapa which is a it's just like a pancake size and you can put vegetables in it if you want and and coriander and whatnot and you eat it with chutney and you can, if you make them tiny enough you just sprinkle chutney on top and pick it up with your fingers to eat it so that's another it's a variation on umsa.
1: now we have to tell, this is a little, a, little, a little funny aside here, we have to talk about bong lassi
0: I we thought you were I thought you forgot about that no,
1: I thought it was a great story <laughs>
0: In the spring, India celebrates a a festival called Holi, H-O-L-I. And for those of you with Indian friends, you probably are familiar with this, where we get together and we wear white clothes and we throw colors at each other. Sometimes it's dry powder, sometimes it's water-based. So we get get out the good old um, water guns. And one year... We traveled to India right at that time and I wanted to go out and see all the fun. And my mother in law and no condition was I allowed to go out. I said, Why? She said, Because all the crazies are out and you're not allowed to go out there.
1: So we should tell what manga lasts a year and why.
0: Okay, well wait, that's what I'm getting to. So Holi is a time where people celebrate a day off and then when you consider People that are in the labor class, as they call them, uh, they work every day. Otherwise, they don't eat. And holy is one day a year that everybody gets off, meaning the servants don't come in to cook or clean or do any of any of the daily chores that they normally come in for. So one has to adjust to that. And one of the ways they celebrate, and this has been going on for centuries, is that they will take milk or lessee and they will put marijuana in it. And they call it Bhang. And yes, it's illegal, but it's a tradition. So people get away with it. some places it is
1: legal, though, right? Some places in India it is legal.
0: Probably, but you know, uh, in India, the laws change all the time, and laws get ignored all the time, too. But traditionally, they've been putting that into that drink for celebrating on that day. And my son got to go out with his uncle. He went out in a very nice khaki pants, blue shirt, and he came back about a half hour later, and he was purple head to toe. All I could see that was cu- not purple was his eyeballs. <laughs> he had been dunked in purple water.
1: They also and he, he bung, thought it was pretty oh cool. Oh, my goodness. I think he had a ball. Uh, I Now, they also put this um, bongalassi and pakoras and things, you know, and sweets, I understand.
0: Well, so. oh, you can put bong into anything. I mean, look at the United States. We've been cooking with marijuana for how many years now? Oh, yeah. You'd bake it right into your brownies, right? Right? So that's what they do there. They just put it right into whatever food they feel like they're they're wanting to put it into. Yeah, I Oh, I, by the way, you have to have a special skillet to make uh, dosa. You can't just throw it on in any kind of
1: um oh, I found that out. I bought it, I bought a mix. I bought a mix at the Indian store.
0: You got to season the uh, best one to do it on is a iron
1: um, I finally realized that I used my cast iron skillet. uh that
0: worked. Cast iron skillet. That's what it I was took trying. Took me to do.
1: three or four tries, and then the mix was up, and I had. But my granddaughter, she loved it. She's she's just always bugging me now. Can we have Indian pancakes?
0: Yeah, the trick I'm is to my hit, hit the hot. The other stuff. You hit the hot skillet with water, so it sizzles. Then you know it's perfect because then the dough sticks. A couple little enough.
1: A couple of little beads. That's I, how I, I make my pancakes. In it, so it's the same right. thing. A couple of little beads of water, one, and then when they bounce off the skillet, you know that it's ready to use. Yep. yep. So my granddaughter, she's always telling me, "When are we going to go to the Indian store to get some mix to make Indian pancakes?"
0: There you go. So we have covered pretty much all the topics we wanted to today. Our hour. Well, we've gone from half an hour show to forty five minutes today, and. Um, We'll get this information available to you on the website. And tomorrow, you promise to teach us um, the the intricacies of fermented breads, right?
1: Yes.
0: You're you're a chef extraordinaire with bread making. A baker extraordinaire. Okay, a baker excited, chef extraordinaire. <laughs> exciting to know we can
1: eat bread in moderation. Of course, we can eat bread and and not be and not think it's useless and filled with gluten and going to kill us. So yes. that's good. It's good. I'll be excited. And when it. when Let's we do it.
0: have you on the show tomorrow, I'm going to do some research. There's this real interesting story about how gluten has become an issue and why was is it an added ingredient in bread? What was the reason for using gluten uh, in addition to what's already in wheat?
1: That's interesting. Yes. You you know that we did do a show on Ezekiel, uh, sprouted bread. Mm-hmm and uh then we did a show on Ezekiel bread which is one of my favorites. I right. wish I could make it. At at 7 dollars a loaf. It's got to be. You can make you, it. Once you buy everything and put little portions what I I I take my grains and freeze them so that what my brother taught me so they don't get buggy, you know.
0: Right, See you, honey. We've been doing that for same, for years so Everything we bring from India, we uh put keep in the refrigerator to preserve it. So Anyway, today's show, our sponsor, is the Biophotonic Scanner, where for a mere 20 bucks, I normally charge 60 bucks for this, but for my listeners, it's only 20 bucks. You call our office at 412-367-9104. Get an appointment with me to get scanned in 30 seconds, a no-pokey test, as my husband calls it. We are testing you while you're alive in your live cells, are tested to give us a a reading on your antioxidant levels. The National Institute of Health has declared that the higher your antioxidant levels, the healthier you will be, and the more ability you give your body to heal itself of any problems that come along. So we want to give you your wake-up call, teach you how to get your antioxidants back on track and up there, and do like my husband did. He took vitamins to get his score up. He didn't believe in them until the score hit him in the face, and Joanne's jealous because his score is higher than hers now. Mine needs I s higher than
1: his. Yes. Yeah, this is my call. We, we we had a running joke that my cardiologist score is lower than mine.
0: Not anymore. No, you got to catch up. Got to catch up. Got to catch up. So like I said, call our office, 412-367-9104. And if you are not in our listening area, and you're interested in getting scanned, please call me. I will help you find someone closer to you that can scan you.
1: Thank you for listening. Today's show is um, um, copyrighted to Sunita Pandit, DBA Mrs. Cardiology, 2013 to ta- 2015. All rights reserved. You can listen to here on the Talk Shoe Network. Talk like we're doing now. Shoe like you're wearing your foot, or you can go to pplmag.com where Mrs. Cardiology is an anchor show uh, where we present all the good news about Pittsburgh.
0: Thanks, Joanne. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or Mc Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun?